Hello and welcome to another episode of Retrospection. Today we're being set loose on the streets of LA as we take a look at the American Cup series Hunter that mainly ran from 1984 to 1991. My name's Colin and put this on the earth, fatso. Somehow I knew you were going to go with that one. You know what? I knew you'd know, but it was... I couldn't resist. It was the obvious choice. And my name's Paul and don't challenge me, you'll lose. Will I? Probably not. Depends what the challenge is. If it's like Jenga, 50-50. Or you can eat hot dogs. Oh, oh, definitely I'd lose. <laughs> You're a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've swallowed a few hot dogs in your time. Oh, here we go. Alright. <laughs> what? IMDB says Rick Hunter is a renegade cop who bends the rules and takes justice into his own hands, partnered with the equally stunning and rebellious. But equally stunning? <laughs> equally stunning. That's a weird. I think they meant equally rebellious and stunning. I hope that's what they equally meant. Equally stunning. Yeah. Yeah, they got that wrong way around. Because, I mean, he's a good looking guy, but I'm not sure he's stunning. No, no, no. I think that might be a bit, bit much there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Equally stunning and rebellious, Sergeant Bacall, the tough-minded duo, set out to crack down on LA's slimiest criminals. Slimiest? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Yep. So, like slugs and... Yeah, slippery buggers. <laughs> That'd be the, the British version. Yeah, that is true. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, how can I put this? Stereotypes in this episode mm-hmm. of certain yeah. kinds of criminals, isn't there? Right, and there's a lot of TV-friendly terminology describing those criminals. There is indeed, yes, and I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yeah. The pilot episode stars Fred Dreyer as Rick Hunter, Stephanie Kramer as D.D. McCall, Brian Dennehy as Dr. Bolan, Michael Cavanaugh as Captain Kane, James Whitmore Jr. as Sergeant Bernie Terwilliger, Joanna Kearns as Dr. Kettering, and Stephen Williams as King Hayes. It's a good cast for a pilot, that, isn't it? Yes, well, it is. I have a problem with it, but I'll explain in a bit. Oh, okay. Created by Frank Lupo, previously involved with The A-Team, Riptide, The Greatest American Hero, and writer for a couple of episodes of Magnum. So he's been involved in pretty much everything that we like. And some of what we've covered. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. Theme by Mike Post and Pete Carpenter. It's a cracking theme tune. It is. I'm hearing it right now. <laughs> You're listening to it, are you? Yeah, in my head. Just in your head, it. yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it's one of those classic '80s ones they don't do anymore. Uh, Stephanie Kramer left after the sixth season to pursue other opportunities, and in the seventh season, Hunter partnered with two different female officers. Were, were both of those equally as stunning? Um, I prefer Stephanie Kramer. Okay. Also, I guess, I guess, I guess he did because, you know, one of them got fired halfway through the seventh season. So, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Four years after the original series ended, there's a reunion NBC TV movie, The Return of Hunter. Everyone Walks in LA. Uh, had Dreyer and Charles Hallahan reprise their roles as Rick Hunter and Charlie Devane, who is the captain in the later mm-hmm. seasons. And seven years later, 11 years after the original series ended, there's a reunion TV movie, Hunter, Return to Justice. This time, Stephanie Kramer returned to her role as McCall, 
And the show switched from Los Angeles to San Diego. Then they attempted to bring it back as a regular series in 2003 with a TV movie, Hunter, back in force. And then another two episodes were filmed and then it kind of fell apart. How old would they have been at that point? 142 years old. Pretty surely they would have hung up the badges by that point, surely. Uh, but but you can't you can't keep a good man or a good lady down. This is true. This is true. So during season three, the character of the kind of an irritating character of Bernie is it Terwillinger? Terwillinger? Yes, Terwillinger. <clears throat> he was going to be killed off. Ooh. But Fred Dreyer objected, and the script was revised so that they killed off another character from a previous season instead. Okay. So I'm guessing that uh, he can stop people from getting fired. And he can get people fired as well, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, and he, he, I mean, he was constantly complaining about how much he was paid and then right. refused to continue until he got a pay mm -hmm. rise. So uh, Hunter's badge number, 089, was Fred Dreyer's jersey number during his time playing for the LA Rams. We should say he was an American football player, wasn't he? Fred Dreyer. We should say yeah. that. I've just said it. And I've you can. Said, yeah, you I'll did. I'll say it again. Fred Dreyer was an American football player. No, once was oh, enough. Um, the reason behind Hunter always driving clapped out old bangers was down to budget concerns because uh, many of the scripts apparently called for his car to be bashed about or blown up and they just didn't want to have to get a brand new car every time. So, Oh, because I like that as a, a point because at this time in TV, like most detectives were driving like Ferraris or distinctive trucks uh, you know, nice yeah, cars. Yeah, I mean, think least. of Magnum, think of Miami Vice. Yeah, uh, even the Fall Guy with its, you know, yeah. special little, you know, four-wheeled truck. Well, if you were a kid and you wanted to pretend that one of your old corgis was uh, Hunter's car, you just find one that looks a bit like it and bash it about a bit, don't you? I, I don't think you should be doing that to a dog. <laughs> Animal cruelty is not acceptable in... Any farm, Paul? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a toy car. A co a co oh, yeah. oh, no, oh. Like, like those other toy cars? Dinky. Oh no, it's just really cold here. <laughs> it looks a bit nippy, actually. Now, actually, it's fucking boiling. No. Mate. I'm sweating my balls <laughs> off. I know it is. Four thousand degrees. And you've got your AC turned off as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I just turned it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, I think I would rather holiday in hell right now because I bet it's cooler there. Well, it, there you go. You're suffering for your art, Colin. That's funny. I said that to somebody earlier today and they started laughing. Why did they start laughing? Because I referred to the podcast as art. And this person found that amusing? Very. <laughs> I don't know if I'm offended by that. All right. uh, <laughs> uh, Fred Dreyer is actually a foot taller than Kramer. And so she would have to stand on crates whenever they were, they had to appear in one shot together. Oh, that that's common. Mm -hmm. That happens in that happens in Casablanca. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's in every Tom Cruise movie as well, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He won't sue us. He doesn't listen. No, no. no. Um, well, if he does listen, I'd like a cake for my birthday. <laughs> it's a very. Uh... <laughs> He sends cakes to it on people's birthdays. Oh, does he, he sends cakes to them. Does he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's famous for it. Okay. What kind would you like? It's from Tom Cruise. He can do any cake he wants. What am I going to care? Yeah, but do you... We're going to say, say, hey, Mr. Cruise, don't like that. Yeah, but you don't like fruit, do you, in your, in your cake? We've, we've been through this before. But 
That is true. Fruit does not have a place being in a cake. Yeah, I like a fruit cake. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Fred Dreyer lost out on the role of Sam Malone in Cheers. Um, and it was because the producers decided to make the character an ex-baseball player instead of a football player. So he couldn't play a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> of all the reasons, that's the weirdest one. <laughs> Maybe, does Fred Dreyer have, uh, is he known? Was he known? Was he like a known face as a football player before he, he got Hunter? I mean, we're, we're two British guys. So that's why I'm asking. We're asking. We're asking the wrong people. Maybe, maybe he, was. he was, yeah. So maybe they just uh, thought it, people won't buy him as a, as a baseball player because they know he's a football player. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, you know. That's still a weird thing. To it do. is very he's, weird. He's an actor. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh you, you can't have, uh, you can't have that actor as an astronaut because he's not, he's never been in space. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Um, Steffi Kramer, you, you, I know you know this. She's an accomplished singer-songwriter. And she does showcase her talent in a couple of episodes, doesn't she? Oh, she. Oh, wait. What do you mean? A singing talent. Probably. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. She does. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever listened to any of her albums? Because she's done quite a you, few. You know what? I haven't. But that's not for any reason. I just never come across any of her albums. I should. I should. Yeah, you should. Have you, you? do that, Colin? Have I? Yeah. No. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Well. For the same reason you've never listened to it, probably, is like it just wouldn't occur to you, would it? No, it wasn't. No, but it but should. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, 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 you do it and tell me if they're worth listening to. Right after this, that's what I'm going to do. Fantastic. We should say as well that um, Hunter was never really that big in the UK, was it? I don't think so, right? For a show that obviously must have been huge in the States to, to go on as long as it did and to be revived so many times. It just used to turn up late at night on ITV, from what I remember. I think it was a Did Sunday night. Did they even show them all? Or was it one of those shows that was on terrestrial TV and then got moved to satellite at some point? I think so. I have a feeling that when it was on terrestrial TV, they only showed like one season or something. Yeah, because I don't... Whenever I, I've actually rewatched it all, but I don't remember anything past like the second season. No, neither did I. Neither do I. Mm. So that must have been what happened. Mm -hmm. All right. On with the show. We see close-ups of a man getting dressed while a rock song plays. Do, do you know what this song is? No. Do you? Okay. No. And I, I even Shazammed it and Shazam was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's actually what Shazam said. So I was wondering, I was wondering whether this was a, a replacement for what was originally on. Because there is music replacement in this show. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because in later episodes, there's a lot of Huey Lewis, but ain't Huey Lewis singing. Yes, yeah, I've watched further on as well, and, and I know exactly what you're talking about, those episodes, yeah. 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 It's very Miami vice this montage, this opening montage, isn't it? Yeah, there's, a, uh, there's periods, like later on in later seasons, that are very Miami Vice in style. Mm -hmm. You can so see yeah. the, the, the influence that, uh, that it was having on TV, Miami Vice, at this time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. This character puts on cowboy boots, does the cufflinks on his shirt, puts on an extravagant belt. Extravagant for me, probably not for Paul. He has one of those kind of belts. It's one of those big, glarish cowboy-style belts. You have one of those, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, I wear my cowboy belt. I wear my, my Stetson, my boots. All the time. Tassels. Love the tassels. 
On your nipples? On my nipples, yes. Twirl it. I'll do it nicely yes. if you want. Yeah, yeah, go on. Twirl away. All right. Go. <laughs> All right. Woohoo. Look at you see him go. go? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like watching a speeded up clock. I'll go the other way as well, look. Go on. Oh, it's like magic. Yeah. And he takes a knife, rubs the blade, and puts it in a device under his shirt sleeve. He then puts on a hat and gloves. You really oh, better hope that that doesn't activate when you go for a pee. Yeah. Could be dangerous. Yeah. Actually, a lot of things you don't want it to activate. Also, why put gloves on after you've rubbed the blade? Those gloves go on and off quite a lot when they're not meant to, if you watch the episode. Oh, do yeah. they? <laughs> magic, magic gloves. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite kind. We cut to a bear called the Black Stallion. A woman is riding, very slowly, a mechanical ball. Oh, right. Did you draw that out on purpose, though? I don't do anything on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I, I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. We see the boots of the man from earlier. She gets off the bull with the help of a man who wants her to stay, but she's got to leave, and she says goodbye to everybody. We see the footsteps of the man following her. She drops the car keys, bends down to pick them up. As she stands up, she's startled, but not by our killer, by the man in the bar. She tells him that she has to get up early tomorrow. She kisses him gets in a car and drives away. The feet of our suspicious character are seen again and he gets in a truck. Back with the woman, she's listening to the radio, some country and western music and driving. The guy in the truck is following. He sees her pull up at her house. He perks. The woman notices the truck, but it looks like nobody is in it and she forgets about it. She unlocks the door, drops the keys again. Why is she so clumsy with these keys? I was going to say that. I would say that the key fumbling is a bit far-fetched, but it really isn't, you know. Why? Do you drop your keys? More often than you would think, yes. Hmm. They can be tricky things, keys. Can they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? You just drop them. Do you bend down and pick them up? I can't see you bending down. Well, it's more of a a gruff uh, squat than a bend. Is it? Yeah. I mean, at my age, you know. Yeah. Got to be careful. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. This actor in the in the opening sequence, the one in the car park, um, his claim to fame is he's in the opening flashback sequence of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, thank, mm-hmm. thank you, Mr. Mr. Wiki. Thank you. It's all right. Yeah. I, like, I like to contribute. You know. Since when? <laughs> <laughs> this is new. I'm not sure I'm going to be comfortable with this. <laughs> I, I, I'm, presuming, I'm presuming as well that she's um, meant to be drink driving. She's, she's supposed to be drunk. Uh, yeah, she, maybe. Or may, maybe she's not been drinking. But she staggers around, doesn't she, when she goes out to, to her car? She's just been on a fucking Bronco mechanical ball. I'd stagger too. <laughs> Would you? All right. Yeah. I'll go with that then. Yeah. Throwing you around, spinning you around. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she's dropping the keys. She's clumsy because she's been on this mechanical ball. Concussion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that old saying, isn't it? Don't drink and drive. Also, don't ride a mechanical ball and drive. You've seen those adverts. I have, yeah, and I've, I'll, I'll have to make sure that I, I stick to that in the future, I think. That's probably why oh, I yeah. fumble with my keys. I've been doing the mechanical bull stuff too much. You've been mechanical bulling and driving? At the same time, yes. <laughs> that's not acceptable, Paul. I know, sorry. I've, I've admitted it on a podcast as well. I know, probably illegal. He approaches her. 
She steps in and goes to close the door, but too late. He forces his way in, and the knife flips out from his shirt sleeve. We cut to Hunter driving through LA in, in, let's be honest, a heap of junk. He answers a code three, and his radio falls apart while he answers. He's told not to attend the code three. Hunter's annoyed, as it's the second time he's been told not to answer a call. The radio operator tells him that Captain Kane is chewing on everybody since he was demoted and doesn't like Hunter. She suggests Hunter goes for lunch with Tony. It's interesting how the dispatch woman doesn't just give out jobs, but she also provides necessary info dumps as well for the viewer. Yeah, but you notice he changed to a, a private channel. Yeah, yeah, it's just... It, it's clunky exposition, but it, it kind of works the way it's done. Right. I think. Yeah. But the car thing as well, I know we mentioned it before, but it is a fun gimmick to have in your show. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hunter complains about the state of his car, as we've just discussed, and is told that he'll get a new car and a new partner when the review board of his shooting comes through. In the meantime, he's to stay out of trouble and not crack up any more police vehicles. There's nothing left of this crate to crack up, he responds, and ends transmission. He goes to wind down the window and the handle falls off in his hand. He pulls up, but the driver's door won't open, so he slides out the passenger door and drops the window handle into a trash can. I've had cars like this. As he walks past the parked car, the driver watches him. Hunter enters a bank and he greets Tony, who is a security guard at the bank, but is an ex-cop and used to be a partner of Hunter's. Mm Mm-hmm. Tony tells Hunter that Hunter's cousin, Jilly, sends his regards. Tony says Jilly's the only honest bookie in town, but Hunter tells him that Jilly got raided last night. So this is where we start to learn that Hunter has, like, family connections to the mob. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting thing to do, because normally um, it's either... If, he's, if, you, if you have a main character who's got connections with the mob... He's usually trying to close them down or shut them down or he's fighting against it all the time. But he has a really good relationship with these people, doesn't he? As we see later in this episode. Yeah, he does, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. They do phase this out as the series goes on. Yeah, I've noticed that as I've watched more. It yeah. just doesn't get mentioned yeah. at some point. Almost like the catchphrase just... as well <laughs> that we haven't got to yet. Yes, but... that's true, yeah. The, the old friend retired cop thing. Usually in shows, that either means that they're dead meat or there's something dodgy about them. But but we don't get that here. No, we don't. Neither of those things no. happen, right? Tony asks Hunter to come by for dinner sometime, but he's reluctant because Tony's wife blames him for an accident in the past when Tony was Hunter's partner. But Tony, he knows it's because he got fat and slow. Hunter tells Tony he's going to cash a check and then they should get lunch. As Hunter starts to fill out deposit slip, he notices the guy acting suspiciously. It's none other than an uncredited John Deal, or as we know him, Larry Zito from Miami Vice. Wearing what is possibly the worst wig I've ever seen. All I kept thinking was, I, ho- I hope that we get an explanation of that. Her supposed to be a wig? Well, but we, we don't. don't. Well, we don't need an explanation. The guy's got a bad wig. You know, even robbers can wear bad wigs. This is true. I was hoping maybe it was some. It was his attempt at some kind of disguise. Or maybe something. it is, yeah, so that people didn't mm-hmm. know he was an undercover Miami Vice cop. <laughs> Ooh, sure universe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hunter sees he's got a gun and notices the other people in the bank that this guy keeps looking at. It's at this point Hunter sees the bank teller push a stack of bills to a guy 
who looks like he's holding a shotgun. Hunter asks, uh, I'm going to call him Larry. What date is it? Well, uh, it, it, it's the 12th, says Larry. Wrong, replies Hunter. It's the day you're going to jail. It, this scene feels really feels like something from a Dirty Harry movie, doesn't it? Oh, it's it's from uh, it's from the first Dirty Harry where he's he's yeah. getting the hot dog and then he sees stuff happening across the street, right? It's that kind of Absolutely. it's definitely that. Don't don't you think though that Fred Dryer does have a little bit of uh, a Clint Eastwood vibe to him as well? Not just in his attitude, but his look too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Eastwood at this period, maybe yeah. sort of late seventies Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. If someone said to me, "Oh, you know that Fred Dryer was like in the running for mm. um, Dirty Harry," I'd be like, "Oh, yep, yeah, totally buy yeah. it." Mm-hmm. Hunter pushes the man down and opens fire. One of the robbers flees from the bank. Hunter chases him outside as the robber jumps in the getaway car and it peels away. Hunter shoots at it. The location shooting instead of it being a back lot really makes a difference as well. All yeah, through this this episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the the difference between something like this and some of the stuff that's in TJ Hooker at the time as well. And you can see that they're on that studio bat lot that they use for everything. Yeah. Although I can imagine Hunter and Hooker having quite, you know, if they met in a bar, yeah. I think they'd have a lot of similarities and stuff to talk about. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you notice cops are always called like Hooker, Hunter, Magnum. They're never called, like, Alfred Anklebiter. That sounds like something from a Terry Pratchett book, Colin. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hunter tries to get in his car, but the driver's door is still stuck. Tony gets in the other side. Hunter clambers over him to get to the driver's seat. He puts the light on top and gives Tony the radio. Put this on the earth, that's all. Tony makes the call, but realises the radio is disconnected. What do we do now, Abbott? I like that. Yeah, I think the fatso thing's a bit uncalled for. Yeah, a little bit, but you know, you mm-hmm. would take that personally. But I like the Abbott, the the Abbott and Costello thing. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. They were, that's what they're going for. That that fatso thing as well. It is another thing that I think Clint Eastwood calls uh, as a character in the first Dirty Harry movie that he refers as, uh, to as fatso a lot as well. Really? Mm-hmm. A lot of fat yeah. shaming in this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> they chase the robbers through the streets with Tony almost falling out of the car. The robbers shoot back at them. Then they drive up some wood and the cars fly over a fence. There's no way Hunter's car would survive that. It would, it would just collapse. I mean, it's a clone. We've already established it's a clone car, haven't we? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think like 18 detectives get out of it. <laughs> honk, honk. Honk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> the chase continues and Hunter on the clips a shotgun. Somehow he manages to drive and shoot the wheel of the other vehicle, which then hits another car, launching it into the air and landing on its side. It's a great stunt. It's a good chase. It's well directed. It looks great. It looks very cinematic. Yes. But it's so it's so eighties as well, isn't it? The whole yeah. shoot the wheel and the car just goes flying through the air. It's very A team. And it gets even more A team in a minute, doesn't it? I never realised that. Like I can't remember if they do that throughout. Do, do people always survive the car crashes in Hunter? It, that's what surprised me about it, so I, I don't know. I, I, for a show that that is a lot more adult than some of those other shows, hmm. um, when they get out of the car in a minute, and, and, it, and it happens again at another point in the episode as yeah, well, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, 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 it does. 
And I, I know that the show was criticized for its violence and they toned it down in later seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. The two robbers who were discussed clamber out. Tony takes one. The other one pulls out a knife on Hunter, but he punches him out cold. As the guy's laying on the floor, Hunter says, you have the right to remain silent. If you give up that right to remain silent, anything you say will be used against you in a court of law. One of the differences, though, between the way that Fred Dreyer plays this and the way that Eastwood played Dirty Harry is that Fred Dreyer's got a little bit of a um, a smile on his face when he delivers these lines. A twinkle. There's a twinkle there, isn't there? Yeah. He, he, he's not. He's not doing the macho man kind of thing, even though he is a big guy and and he is a macho man. But but he's not. He's not ramping it up. Yeah, yeah. I see a direct line. I see like. Dirty Harry, then in the middle, Hunter, and then mm-hmm. at the far right, Sledgehammer. Yeah, oh, Ditch Sled, yeah. There's Absolutely. like a line that goes through them all. Mm-hmm. And Sledgehammer had a catchphrase as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, oh, what was it? Do you remember it? It, it, was, it was very similar to It Works For Me, wasn't it? It was <sighs> that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, I can't remember it. It'll come to one of us as we go along. We'll just blurt it out. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. We cut to police headquarters and Captain Kane is reading the riot act. There's going to be a change in attitude. Driving the criminal from our city at all costs, stomping out the low lives, the muggers, the thieves, the pimps, the pushers. Those are the attitudes we no longer want around here. And it's clearly directed at Hunter. Yeah, yeah. He hands out his rules, including things like warning shots, and he announces that he's to start full psychiatric profiles of all officers on a biannual period. My, my first question would be like, biannual, is that, is that twice a year or once every two years? Because I always get confused about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kane introduces the psychiatrist who will be performing the profiles, Dr. Bowling. Okay, so this is my problem cast-wise. The moment you see it's Brian Dennehy and he's not the star of the show, you just go, he did it. That was a problem with a lot of shows at this time, though, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that if they had a guest star in it that, you, that was quite a big name, then you know that either A, they're the killer, or B, they're going to die, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting that you, that you say that, though. I do agree with you about the Brian Dennehy thing. Um, and he is, he is good in it because he's a good actor. Yeah, I'm not knocking him. One of the problems that I have with another, not so much the casting, but just the, just the writing, is the hard-nosed by-the-book captain that shakes everything up and, and, and has a, you know, a beef with, with the main character. Right. That's another cliche, isn't it? It's another... And he's kind of one-dimensional. This character. Well, this, this is one of the things about this show is that a lot of shows hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. They don't change much. A-Team, Magnum, mm-hmm. they didn't really change much. For seven. This one took a while to get settled because this is the first captain of about three that we will see throughout the show's run until they finally get one that they're happy with, who is totally the opposite of this one. Right. Okay. Yes, and I think I'm just up to the, not just... Sp- not to give anything away that I have continued watching this show, um, but I think I'm up to the one that you're that you're referring to. Is it the Bruce Davidson one? 
no, I don't think so. I think there's no. Oh, it's someone after him, isn't there? Right, okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this this show actually changes. I mean, they introduce like a lieutenant who carries two two revolvers in shoulder holsters All either right. side for a while. So they try lots of different things then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Also, this is the kind of show in which a journalist, social worker, a lawyer, a judge, or a psychiatrist is pretty much always going to be the villain, especially if they're a guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the 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 mystery um it's even more heavy-handed as as it goes along as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a particular scene I'm thinking of where they they zoom in on a particular person who you've never seen before. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. Kane says, I'm sure many of you recognize Dr. Bowling from when he was state wrestling champion at San Diego University. Why? Why would you remember that? I mean, look at it, Brian Denny. That's about 20 years ago, right? <laughs> He's a big guy. Also, who's going to remember some person at a university? Or wants is, it, is this a big deal in America? <laughs> well, you, you, you lived there, Colin, so I can't answer that question. I don't know. I mean, it's like saying that I'm sure many of you recognize Paul from when he was the County Penfold from Danger Mouse Lookalike champion from Pemberton High School. Hey, you got to go, nope, sorry, don't remember that. I've still got that certificate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pride of place. Yeah. Above my little post box that I live in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Only for Danger Mouse fans. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, somebody's drawing Kane as a donkey's ass on the handout. I assume that's Hunter. It's Hunter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Bowling gives a speech about the mind being just another part of the body and that it should be looked after in the same way. And, and um, if, you were in, no, if you were in some doubt as to whether he was going to be the villain of the piece, the way that he delivers his lines in the creepiest way that you could possibly deliver the lines kind of confirms it for you, doesn't it, really? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. After this, the cops return to the desk. Some of them thank Hunter for sticking up for them because um, he... he complains about the rules that Kane has mm -hmm. brought into the department. One officer apologizes for having to arrest his cousin, but Hunter's, he's not bothered. Jilly knew what he was doing. Well, the detective reveals that, oh, it, it's not Jilly he's talking about, but another cousin, Crazy Tommy T. Hunter says he hasn't seen Tommy in years and isn't phased by him being arrested either. Yeah, he's, he's all laid back about it all, isn't he? Yeah, mm -hmm. they'll get out eventually. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Stuff they do. It, there's a lot of scope there. It's, it's interesting that you say that they drop it after a while because there is a lot of scope there down the road for, for stories involving his family. Yeah, totally. Like right now off the top of my head, you could do an episode where, oh, an episode where they usually do in these cop shows where Hunter has to go to a, a prison to try and talk to a, mm -hmm. a, a cellmate and win him over, mm -hmm. but then somebody recognizes yeah. him. Yeah, there you go. And I'm guessing that never happens. No, no, no. Strange, strange that they, they introduce it, but they never use it. No, they just use it in the way that they use it in the pilot as things to talk about. Uh, and maybe a little bit of comic relief at times, I'm guessing as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Kane stops Hunter and introduces him to Dr. Bowling by referring to Hunter as my biggest migraine. Uh, sorry, that's how your wife introduces you, isn't it? We don't talk about that, Colin. Not on the podcast. Oh, we, d no. we don't? No. Oh, sorry. Sorry. She listens to this. 
Does she? Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, that, well, that'll be the listener. Oh, that's 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 exciting and disappointing all at the same time. Bowling says he's read Hunter's file repeatedly and that he's looking forward to their sessions. Hunter says he'll find time, but Kane tells him to do it whenever Bowling says, and Bowling suggests Friday at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Bowling says it's going to be interesting hearing about being a police officer and raised by a father who was as prominent in the underworld as yours was. It must have been traumatic for the both of you when you told him you were joining the force. Hunter points out that his father was in the front row when he graduated from the academy. Again, that's a that's a goes against everything that you'd think that they would do. Normally, yeah. there'd be friction, yeah. wouldn't there? But there isn't. Yeah. yeah. But there isn't. Yeah. Hunter suggests that they skip Friday's session, but Kane says he has to go. He'll suspend Hunter. After Bowling has left, Hunter suggests that Kane and him stay out of each other's target range, as they clearly don't like each other. But Kane says it's not a problem that Hunter doesn't like him, but him hating Hunter is. He points out that the review board hasn't even had time to call Hunter's last escapade as a good shooting before he's out there again like Wild Bill Hickok. Kane tells him that he's given Hunter a new partner, Detective Terwillinger. Oh, no. Terwillinger is an exceptionally irritating character. He's supposed to be, though. I was going to. I know he's meant to be irritating for Hunter, but as a viewer, he's insufferable at times. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but but you know, it's sometimes you, you're stuck with a partner who's uh, irritating when you when you do stuff. <laughs> Walked into that one again, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Hunter doesn't want him, but Kane says there's no other person willing to be Hunter's partner, as they might as well drive themselves to the hospital and check themselves into intensive care. He warns Hunter not to challenge him because he'll lose. Mm-hmm. We cut to Hunter driving. Dispatch inquires about his location because Terwillinger is looking for him. Hunter tells him that he's picking up his new partner. But it's not Terwillinger, that's for sure. He cruises alongside Dee Dee McCall, who's pretending to be a hooker. It's um this whole bit that you're going to go over in a minute, it's a great introduction to McCall. It is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I must say that I forgot that she is the female equivalent of Hunter. I forgot that, that she is mm. like his equal in yeah. every way. Absolutely. She's tough. She's smart. She's, uh, she's, she's an excellent, uh, excellently written female character. Yeah. And all her partners end up in hospital too. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants Didi to help him out for a few minutes, but she's annoyed because it's going to blow her cover if Whispering Willie sees her talking to a cop. That's, that's, that's what you used to call yours, right? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> hey! No, he didn't. That's why you had to whisper to it. Uh, I don't know why. I, it, it still tickles me. Does it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nothing oh, else, though. This could go on all day, couldn't it? Just a, no. No, no, no. Two minutes and you're done. <laughs> Two? I'll do it twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reruns. But it doesn't matter because Willie is splitting with one of the prostitutes. He drags him to his car. Dee Dee goes over to him. Inside the car, Willie is taking money from his prostitute and she's trying to convince him that she's handed over all of it. Dee Dee also tries to convince him. Hunter honks the horn. Mm-hmm. And Willie... Thinks that means business for Dee Dee. 
I wonder if pimps really act like this. In real life? Yeah. You ever wondered that? Well, not till now, but it, 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 they seem to in every film and TV show in the 70s and 80s, Yeah, right? yeah. I'm wondering, seem, if, is it a reflection it on reality or is it just a, a movie thing? Yeah, because it would be counterintuitive because wouldn't you want to stay like in the background as a mm. pimp? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Not yeah. walk around in a bright orange suit or whatever <laughs> that you usually do, no. don't they? You know, okay. If we if we have any listeners who are pimps, please uh, get in touch and let us know. Is it a true representation of your uh, career choices? Please send that email to Paul. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying you have more interest in this subject than I do. In pimps? Yeah. All right. Well, you know. Hmm? Struck me, you know. Did it? I'm, cu- I'm a curious boy. You are, yeah, mm. yeah. Dee Dee says to Willie, remember I talked about my sister, you said you'd check with King Hayes, but Willie responds, now I'm saying to you that I see 60% of some action, you could either let him get away or answer your call of duty. And he starts to drive away, but Hunter watching smashes into his car. At first, Willie is livid, but then seeing that it's Hunter, he tries to do a runner, but Dee Dee trips him up, he pulls out a gun, but as he fires, she kicks the gun up. She pushes him on the back of the car and reveals that she's a detective. She reads him his rights, but he knows them off by heart. He starts having a go at Hunter, saying that maybe he'll get the same cell block as Hunter's old man did, or maybe a couple of his uncles or cousin. Hunter grabs his tie. Hey, Willie, when you're up visiting the house of many doors, maybe stop in and see my uncle Sammy. He'll have a couple of my cousins pound you into dog kibble, courtesy of Sergeant Rick Hunter. Dee Dee asks him to stop wants a few words with him. It's her arrest. Willie says she hasn't got anything that would stick, but really she was just after information on King Hayes. She wasn't going to arrest him, but now he tried to flee the scene of an accident and pulled a gun on a police officer. He's going down for a long stretch. Hunter tells McCall that what he needs her for is about her partner Ellen, who is at County General for knife wound from King Hayes. Willie asks for his lawyer. And what, is he just going to stand there? Hunter tells him yes until Simon says otherwise. Who the hell is Simon, says Willie. Hunter points to his gun. This is Simon. If memory serves, they, they do this for a bit and then they drop it as well, don't they? He, he refers to his gun as Simon in a few episodes, doesn't he? Oh, I didn't remember yeah, that, does he? I think he? he says Simon says a, a few times and then they just drop it. Oh, yeah. they just drop it. All right. We've got to McCall and Hunter getting... Popsicles. McCall is not impressed by the idea of being Hunter's partner, but Hunter points out that Captain Kane likes her about as much as he likes him. And McCall's partners also keep getting injured, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Hunter suggests that they just be partners for roll call, check in, sign each other's reports, and then go their separate ways for the rest of the time. They talk about McCall's investigation of King Case, how nobody's ever been able to take him down. He has a sixth sense he can smell undercover cops. McCall points out that there's only one person who looks less like a cop than Hunter, and that's her. So what's the verdict, says Hunter? Am I going to be holding to Willard's hand tomorrow, or am I going to be beating yours off of me? Why are you pausing there, Colin? Don't know. Just felt like a good place. It's almost like you're expecting me to, to say something. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, yeah. I'm not doing it. No, no, no. 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 
McCall asks if Hunter will help her nail King Case, but he says, no way, I don't have anything to do with your cases and you don't have anything to do with mine. This is just a smokescreen for Captain Kane. That is what McCall wants to hear. It, it, it's um, this whole not messing with each other's cases. It's a neat idea. It's totally unsustainable for a series. But just in this episode, at the start of this episode, it, it's a fun idea. It's something they've never seen yeah, before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it gets you into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So she agrees to be his partner. Back at HQ, Captain Kane is not happy about the idea of McCall and Hunter working together, but he doesn't have much choice as regulations say they can choose who they want to work mm-hmm. with. Kane asked McCall where she had been that morning, as she hadn't been at the roll call with Dr. Bolin. He orders her to check in with Dr. Bolin and makes an appointment. And he, he knows that Hunter and McCall are up to yeah. something. Yeah. McCall leaves, but Kane holds Hunter up because he's seen that Hunter has requisitioned another vehicle. Kane lists all the issues with it. Windshield blown out, right side door bashed in, HUD riddled with bullets. Hunter says, yeah, that's the one, and it wasn't much better when it was assigned to me. But I have a feeling you knew that, Captain. You know, in reality, the police keep all the vehicles in good working order. They have to. Oh, all right, police chief. Wiggins. (laughs) It's interesting you went with Wiggins, but all right. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just one of my little fun facts that I like to throw in there. Oh, that's a yeah. fact. That the well, this the fact that nobody knew that. Funnily enough, the police department <laughs> like the cast to. Yeah, run. what I'm saying is that this wouldn't happen in real life. They wouldn't be able to assign a. <laughs> no, to, no, really, really, really. I, I've suddenly got a flash, but I got a feeling this is also in Hill Street Blues. Now I'm going to have to watch Hill Street Blues because I have a feeling there's a situation with a car in Hill Street Blues. Too. That's interesting you should say that because the, um, I think there's a car in this episode which is the same car. I read that it's the same car that they use in, the, in an episode of Hill Street Blues. And, pe- and people know it's the same car because it's got the same dents in the windscreen or something in the exact same place. Right. So Kane assigns another car in it, and it's another hunk of junk that will hardly start. And the inside of this car was wrecked by a police dog called Goliath after he'd eaten a bag of cocaine. Lucky dog? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure dogs would eat. Why would they? Why would it eat it? I'm not sure. They would. I suppose it's just, it's yeah, just a I'm good sure. gag, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny that, like, Mammy Vice does Elvis hasn't he been accused of eating cocaine? That's right. Yeah, and he's he's been spooked ever since, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 Hunter watches McCall load up with weapons. She puts a knife... In a boot. In a boot at one point, right? Mm-hmm. They receive a 187. What's a 187, Paul? I don't know. Tell me. Murder. Ooh. Yeah. McCall gets out and Hunter answers the call. So we cut to the house. We saw at the very beginning of the episode. A woman is dead in the living room. And the forensic guy there, he mentions to Hunter that everybody knows he's teamed up with the Brass Cupcake. Yeah, that's her nickname, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they've all bought flak jackets. Hunter checks out the victim's car. The tape deck plays the country and western music we heard her listening to. Kane turns up. Hunter tells him that this looks like the same crime as one that happened last week. Oh, but Kane, he doesn't want anyone suggesting that they have a serial killer on the loose. And he wants to know where McCall is. And because McCall isn't with Hunter, Kane hands the case to Twillinger, even though Hunter was first on the scene. Mm-hmm. And he rips into Hunter. He knows that Hunter and Dee Dee are splitting up to do their own things. 
but he wants them to be together all the time and he will do random radio checks throughout the day to make sure. Is this the conversation where he says, just how stupid do you think I am, Hunter? And Hunter replies, well, Captain, I really don't know. Yeah, I think... Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a good moment, that. It's funny. And it's, yeah. funny line. Hunter tells Kane that McCall isn't with him because of women's issues. Female problems. Sh- female female problems. problems, thank yeah. you. And that the captain shouldn't hold that against her unless he wants to be held up on sexual discrimination laws. I suppose that, you know, it's the 80s, so that would have probably something that might have happened. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. We cut to King Hayes, and he has his arm McCall's throat, and King Hayes is the actor who played the captain in 21 Jump Street. Yeah, this guy, Stephen Williams, he's, he pops up in so many things. He's in The Equalizer. Plays a, mm-hmm. a police lieutenant in that, I think, or captain or something. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So 21. Does, uh, McCall, McCall again, by the way. Yeah. Related to D.D. McCall. Oh, yeah. McCall. Ooh, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, doesn't he ask him to get him a printout and some work done occasionally? That's it, yeah, in the first yeah. season, yeah. yeah. Um, 20, 21 Jump Street, as you said, and he's in um, movies like Jason Goes to Hell, and he's in It. The, oh, all right. I don't mean he's in It. I mean he's in It. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I figured it out. Yeah, he yeah. is dressed like a cross between Willie the Pimp and Blackbeard the Pirate in this, though, isn't he? For some reason. Did you like it? Is that a look you're going to go for? Well, I'm considering it. You know. Yeah, because one thing we haven't had for a while is the Paul, you know, <laughs> costume designer, where you come in and appreciate various outfits. But there's been a lack of uh, turtlenecks in a lot of the things that we've been watching, and you know that I love a turtleneck. We've been we've been choosing a lot of stuff that's based in reality rather than outlandish costumes that you prefer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I like a turtleneck. What's wrong with that? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Black. Black. Oh yeah, it's got to be black, hasn't it? Has it? No. You can have different colours. Yeah, but we've we've talked about this off the podcast where you know sometimes you you, you put something on it's just not you colour wise you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like so you only suit black? Um, black, grey, dark blue. Mm. Dark blue. Mm. So that, that's when you're pushing it, right? Bear in mind, I'm colorblind, Colin. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So I Do you ever put something on and think it looks good and then other people go, Jesus, that's, that's a color. <laughs> wow. Never gets that far, Colin. No? No. No, never gets that far. I st- I st- does your wife? Does your wife ever say like you're going to wear that? Well, she 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 often. Um, I don't know why we're talking about this on a podcast, but all right. Um, she often points out that I dress like an old man. Well, that's funny because I only ever see you, and you same for you for me as well. Only see you wearing like graphic t-shirts, like you're an 18 year old kid. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But um, I suppose in winter, I. I probably dressed like an old man what what's the definition of an old man clothes you know chunky jumper mm. sweater as if you if you're sweater, yeah, um, yeah. um sensible coat Sen- sensible, <laughs> sensible coat, coat yeah. what's a sensible coat one, that, know, does, one that doesn't ride a unicycle while spinning <laughs> plates what's a sensible that's coat? the one that's the uh, one you know a good solid warm jacket that's sensible it does a job yeah. you know that kind of thing yeah, I mean, in summer, I, I do, I do, I do rock a graphic tee. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, that was fun for everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's done worse. I'm leaving all that in. That's not going anywhere. All right. <laughs> We cut to King Hayes, and like I said, he has his hand on McCall's throat. He then grabs the other prostitute, it's called Gretchen. McCall tells him that she just wants to talk. He hits her, then pulls a knife on Gretchen. McCall pulls her gun out. Hayes, Hayes, holds his knife to Gretchen's throat. Drop the piece, Didi says, I guess I have no choice. And she shoots him in the shoulder. I like that. I like that she pulled the trigger and didn't capitulate. It shows yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. tough she is, you know. Yeah. I agree, because you expect her just to put the gun down and try and yeah. talk after, yeah. Lots of other shows, they they would have had her put the gun down, then Hunter would have turned up and he'd have sorted it out. That's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, he does turn up, but he turns up when Hayes' driver tries to get away and mm-hmm. Hunter shoots at the car, which mm-hmm. flies into the air and crashes through a window, and... He gets out. Yeah, he does indeed, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a good start. It's a good, all, there's a lot of good stunts in this show, but I did wonder mm-hmm. about the clambering out, and I was like, I don't remember it being so A-team-ish. Yeah, maybe it's just in this episode. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Hunter tells McCall about his earlier conversation with Captain Kane, and that he's going to be on their ass, so they'll have to work on the homicide together, even though Terwillinger was given the case. Now, he wants to stay on the case, because he was the first investigator there, and he believes that they have the beginnings of a serial killer, but because Kane doesn't believe it, the killer will get away. There's also the history of a previous serial killer who did get away, and Hunter takes that kind of thing personally. Again, it's another cliche, but it, it's fine. It, it works. For yeah, the episode. yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just a throwaway line kind of thing. Yeah. It's not like yeah. a big deal. And it's not like he's, he's playing it like it's eating him up inside, you know, like it, they do in a lot of other things, you know. Right, yeah, it's not his driving obsession. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say as well, we've not mentioned it, but they've got really good on-screen chemistry, haven't they? Yes, yes. Yeah. and that's, Right that's, from the get-go. To me, that is why when Stephanie Kramer decides to leave the show, the show should have ended. Yeah, but uh, I can see how it wouldn't be the I, same. I know it's called Hunter, it's not called Hunter and McCall, but mm-hmm. it should have ended right there. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you do you think that the writer spent they say because both Hunter and McCall are very well written, whereas everybody else seems quite two dimensional compared to them. So do you think that they they spend much more time on the on those two main characters than everyone else? It feels like it because yeah. It's almost like they knew that obviously Hunter and McCall were going to be in the show, but everybody else was like, well, you know, we don't know whether they're going to be in after the pilot. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. And and the Captain Kane, he's just like every other police chief you've ever encountered. Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like Lou in the first few episodes of Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Captain in Stersky and Hutch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know. And so, and, and they went for a few of those and then they settle on one that's different. Yeah. Also, while they're driving, McCall makes the observation that he's the first partner she's had who hasn't tried to hit on her. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about this. Do you think, that, speaking of someone like you who's watched further on, 
Sometimes I do get the impression that they tease the possibility that there could be a relationship between them, but they never actually go through with it, which again is is different to what you would expect them to do. I think this is one of the few shows that gets that right. Yeah. Yeah. Where they where they don't ruin it. They clearly they clearly point. have a lot of respect and as it goes along they have a they have a lot of love for each other, but not in that way. Yeah, and I I and imagine that Maybe if she'd stayed for another season, then maybe they'd have messed it up. Yeah, yeah. One too many. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do talk about it throughout the show at certain points. Yeah, and... And it comes close occasionally. From what I remember as well, he never approves of any of the guys that she's going out with, and she never approves of any of the women that he goes out with. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, they arrive at the apartment of the first blonde that was killed. It's sealed with police tape, and they shouldn't enter it. But Hunter asks McCall to break in, as he's heard she's good at doing mm-hmm. that. And she does. She gets in, and they, they talk about the crime, how the same kind of knife was used, that both crimes occurred on an odd day of the week, a Wednesday. There's no connection between the two victims that they know of. Hunter puts the sound system on, and it's playing a country and western music, just like the car. Of the second victim. Ooh. They find cowboy boots in the cupboard and a t-shirt with the name Black Stallion on it. McCall points out that you kind of only get a t-shirt if you spend a lot of time at that bar or you're friends with the people or, you know, you really like it. Mm-hmm. Hunter takes a skirt out of the wardrobe. I think you could squeeze into this. Do you have a blonde wig in your hooker kit? I bet you've been asked before, right? That question? Well, if I've got a blonde wig in my hooker kit... Yeah. yeah. My hooker kit's TJ Hooker. Yeah, so you would have a blonde wig because he wears one in TJ Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. I do like the way that he's, he's just casually suggests that why don't you just put on a dead woman's clothes? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, well, you've probably done that before too, right? That's what thrift stores are for, isn't it? Wearing dead people's clothes. <laughs> yes, they should just name thrift stores dead woman's clothes. They should do. They should do. Yeah. Probably sell less, though. Well, you say that, but I don't know. It might, yeah, it's a niche market. Yeah, it right? is, it is. Yeah. Can, you, can, can, can police officers just take things from, <laughs> from people's houses like this, then? Well, probably not, no. 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 I wouldn't think so, okay. but, you know, who's going to miss it? That's true. She's dead. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he use the phrase skunk hunting at one point? No, she does, and she has to explain it to him. That's that's good that it's her that uses it as well, not him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. skunk hunting. I like that. I mean, I, I oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, oh yeah, you get it. I like the phrase. You could use that. It's a good phrase. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. You gonna use yeah. that phrase? Yeah, skunk hunting. <laughs> uh, good luck with that, pal. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So he suggests that she plays decoy at the Black Stallion, but. McCall is still musing about Wednesdays being the day of the killing. What, what's so important about the day of? And then it's, you know, it's the day that doctors play golf. Suddenly, Hunter remembers he has an appointment with Dr. Boland and he rushes out. Works for me. So we cut to Dr. Boland's office and he tells Hunter that he's going to need regular weekly sessions. Those were the days, eh? You don't have a weekly regular session anymore? Not really, no. It's just very weekly now, isn't it? Very weak, yes, very weak. It's almost a cough. Hunter is less than impressed, 
And he tells him that every moment he spends in here is a moment he should be out on those streets. Gonna do some acting. Oh, no. Hold on. I need to prepare. I need to... Funny enough, right? You're the one doing the acting, and yet the mm -hmm. audience needs more preparation <laughs> than the actor. That's weird, isn't it? <clears throat> Strap in. I don't have enough time to come in here and answer your questions about whether my gun is a phallic symbol or a means of self-defense, he tells Bolin. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, you, you've... Have you started? <laughs> Do I not get the part? Um, we'll call you. You're thanks, going a different way. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going a different way. We're going with an actor. I thought it was all right. But, but Bolin sarcastically asks Hunter if he believes that what he's doing is going out there on the street protecting people. Hunter is offended, asking Bolin how... I keep wanting to say Brolin for some reason. I don't know why. No, I don't know. Why? Is, there, mm. is, is that the name of your psychiatrist? <laughs> Jay Brolin. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos. For all our Marvel listeners. No, no. <laughs> Shake your head like that. Could tell, Paul, could, could tell Paul started. So Hunter, as I say, is offended. And he asks Bolin how he would know what it's like on the street. How would you know? You know I'm going to act again. How would you know what it's like to pull over a drunk driver and not know if you're going to get a face full of beer breath or a gut full of lead. To roll code three on some junkie with a gun and a bad need. Or a couple of pimps pounding their chicks for 50 bucks on a giggle. Or maybe even a poor schnock. Schnock. With a hunting rifle. Schnock. schnock. With a hunting rifle who's decided to chuck it all and take half his neighbourhood with him. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a great little monologue. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's very TJ Hooker, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know how Shatner would do it, though, don't you? <laughs> oh, no, we're not, we're not going to get a version of Shatner doing it, are we? How would you know what it's like to pull over a drunk driver and not know if you're going to get a face full of beer breath or a gut full of lead? Isn't it more like gut full love, lead? Yeah, well, he likes to get angry, though, doesn't he, at the end of things? He does, yeah, red-faced. Mm. Yes. That's the uh, corpuscles bursting. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hunter leaves, but Bolin reminds him that he needs to pass these tests or he doesn't have a job. Pass these tests? Hunter said, pass these tests. Oh, yeah. Not a pasty test. Mm. Pasty test. <laughs> Chicken and mushroom? No. <laughs> to which Hunter says he has a feeling he's going to fail even before they started. Bolin says he sounds paranoid, but Hunter thinks he's being perceptive. Do you enjoy playing judge, jury, and executioner? Bolin asks him. Hunter pointedly replies, do you? Mm. Mm. Oh, he doesn't go, mm. Is he thinking of yeah. pasties again? No, I'm just, as, as an audience, we go, mm. Oh, we do, yeah. yeah. Hunter fills McCall in on what happened. And he explains that he thinks that Bowen is going to aid Kane in taking his badge. It seems Dr. Bowen thinks I'm unstable, Hunter tells her. I could have told him that, quips McCall. Yeah, there's loads of great lines between the two of them. Absolutely. It's just a shame there's no great lines between with everybody else. They're all between them, aren't yeah, they? But... Yeah, yeah. And as they enter the elevator, we see a man stepping into Bolin's office. We do. And the camera zooms in on him for some reason as well. It does. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I don't know. Mm. Outside, McCall and Hunter are getting into the car. As she asks him if Bolin laid into him about his family's mob connections, 
suggesting if strapping on a badge and a gun was his way of making amends. But Hunter tells her that he didn't let things with bowling get that far. Right. And then she kind of looks as if she's embarrassed or, uh, you know, she's, she's ashamed for bringing it up. That she's brought it up. Yeah. 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 I didn't notice that at the time, but now you've said it. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Later that night at the Black Stallion, Hunter is casing the joint by having a beer. It's your type of police work, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we see the gloved hands of the killer paying for a drink, so he's in the room. Ooh, right, yeah. The gloves are on. They do come off again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter makes eye contact with McCall, who's wearing a blonde wig and cowboy boots. Hunter's wearing a blonde made. wig and cowboy boots? <laughs> that would be a turn up, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. <laughs> Until a barmaid tries to chat him up. He makes his excuses and he follows a big guy in a black hat as he follows McCall out. Is it Yosemite Sam? Mm. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Why are you picking? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, am I allowed to say that? No. Yeah, I'm not. uh, No. Wait, are all Yosemite Sam's catchphrases racist? Hold on a second. Yes. (laughs) I think so, yes. (laughs) Maybe I'll just go, why are you? And then just leave it at that. Why are you? That's probably why you don't see that character very often anymore. Yeah, yeah. He goes out to the parking lot, watching McCall head to her car. She drives away, safe. Hunter turns, satisfied, right into a bunch of good old boys who aren't impressed with his seemingly stalking women. But they're meaning no harm. We don't know that, though, do we? The good old boys. Meaning no harm. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't catch that straight away, though. <laughs> Just ahead of the law. <laughs> oh, I'm getting slow. <laughs> getting slow, uh, my old age. The ringleader is the same guy that we saw chatting with the victim in the first scene of the episode. Yes. The mob think that maybe Hunter is the killer, and we cut to the feet of the real killer getting into a vehicle. Oh. And just as Hunter turns to see Bolin driving away from the place, suddenly punches are thrown and a fight starts. Yeah, the only thing I have to say is, why doesn't Hunter, because he doesn't, he says like some one-liner or something, why doesn't he tell them he's a police officer straight away? It's the first thing you do, right? It would cut out all the nonsense that happens in a minute, yeah. wouldn't it? Mm. But I suppose they wanted to get a fight scene in the in the episode, didn't they? That's true. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We cut to McCall driving, and she notices that she's being followed. She tries to call Hunter on the radio, but he's still busy fighting the mob. Not he the is. mob. Yeah, not the mob, because they're his mates. They're his family. <laughs> his family. That'd be confusing. Why are you beating up your brother? But the, the mob manages to hold him, and they find his gun. But Hunter tells them to check his wallet, and they find his badge. Yeah, finally. Apologising, they give him his stuff back, and a decidedly annoyed Hunter jumps into his car and tries to warn McCall about her tale, but his radio is dead. And his car won't start. McCall arrives at her home as we see the killer is watching outside. Back at the Black Stallion, Hunter is wondering about his next move until he notices a wagon in the car park rocking from side to side. When the wagon is a rocking, then don't come a knocking. That's true, yeah. But Hunter does knock, disturbing the occupants in the back, and he commandeers the truck, leaving them standing half dressed in the parking lot. When the wagon is a rockin', you can go dogging. 
That's that's a lesser known face. I was going to say, is that your motto, Colin? Yeah, it is. Yeah, having a t-shirt. What is it with eighties and finding people like having sex in weird places in like movies and TV shows? Oh, I'm glad you added in movies and TV shows. Yeah, yeah, not real. (laughs) Was it just a personal observation? You know, Uh, I mean, we had one. Yeah, it happened a lot in Bond movies. I'm thinking of um, Living Daylights. No, no, they're not having sex. It's just naked people in a in a shower, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's that kind of vibe, though, isn't it? Where it's like some sort of rude thing that happens that's supposed to be comedic. In fact, I'm beginning to think this doesn't happen at all, except in your own mind. This is the first time we've seen it. I'm sure it's in other things. Yeah, yeah. Again, listeners, including the pimp, um, let us know if, what, what movies and TV shows this does happen in. The killer breaks into McCall's home and Hunter arrives, shooting off the lock and barging in, gun drawn. He moves through the place and kicks open the bathroom door. And we get that famous shot of him finding McCall in the bath, both mm-hmm. pointing guns at each other. And it's in the credits, isn't it? For a long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, yeah. that yes, opening um, credit sequence, we didn't talk about it, but um, it's, it, it, I think it was parodied really well in an episode of Family Guy once. Oh, was it? I don't remember this. Yeah, with, with the theme tune and everything. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's obviously a huge thing in the States, Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know where else Hunter was huge? Go on. China. Really? Yep. Yep. So popular that at one point they were going to fly him over. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, surprisingly, they didn't do an episode in China if it was so big. You know, that the, they have to go to China for something. Yeah. That kind of episode, you know. I have a feeling I read somewhere that they talked about it. Well, there you go. That wouldn't surprise me then if it was so big. Why was she taking a bath with the lights out? Because when he kicks that door in, there's no lights on in the bathroom. Is there not? No. Well, maybe it's like, you know, know, people put candles on and for a sensual kind of like quietness. She just likes to lay and soak in the bath and... Run her mm-hmm. hands over her body in the in the darkness, touching herself here and there, and just relaxing, and 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 then getting all soapy. And then, excuse me, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you need a minute? Oh, no, maybe she just likes laying in the dark in your bath. Have you never laid in the dark in your bath? Uh, no, not in the dark. No, no. A few candles, <clears throat> little. Incense. I like to see everything. I like to see everything. Oh, God, why? You've got to make sure you're cleaning yourself properly, haven't you? Well, I mean, that's not the purpose of a bath anyway. What's, what is it? It's to relax. Yeah, it's also to clean yourself, isn't it? No, you're laying in your own dirt. How are you getting clean? That's why people take showers before or after a bath. I've never known someone taking a shower after a bath. In Korea, it's a tradition to take a shower before having a bath because you're just laying in your own dirt. The idea of bath is to relax the muscles. Okay. Well, thank you for that piece of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah you dirty bugger. Laying in your own piss and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's another story, Colin. All right. Uh, that is true. Uh, that is true. That, that involved a gimp mask. Yes. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, so she asks him to give her something to cover up so she can get out of the bath, and he hands her a flannel. And he does it kind of um, nonchalantly with a bit of a, a, a sly look on his face as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. yeah he knows yeah. what he's doing. 
Yeah, and her her look on her face is like, <sighs> really? No like, bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that look. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then we get a fun moment where a bunch of older ladies, neighbours, come round mm. with pepper spray to make sure that McCall is all right. Uh, yes. And I, I, I thought that this was just like a one-off thing, but this gets a payoff, doesn't it? Later? It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Hunter is confused that the person who followed her is gone, and he explains that he recognised Dr. Bolin behind the wheel. But he knows that there's no way that he could convince Kane of it. That's true. That's true. And we get a nice scene where Hunter recognises McCall's softer side. He teases her about her teddy bear. And she yeah. explains about her husband being murdered. Right. She tries to get under his skin, but he's a little bit harder to crack. To everyone on the force, I'm a cop who's a mobster's son. And to everyone in the underworld, I'm a mobster's son who's a cop, he tells her. That's a good line as well. It is, yeah. It's a good little scene, isn't it, that deepens the characters and it shows different sides to them that we haven't seen up to this point in the episode, I think. Yes, Mm-hmm. Outside, we see the killer is watching them in the window. But he's not in the window. No, he's not, they're in the window. He's watching them. Because <laughs> I'd see him if he was. They're in the window. So who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huge Brian Dennehy. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you've ruined it. I ruined it. You've ruined Damn. it, Paul. I know. It's the next day, and Hunter and McCall are in the car, and she's a crazy driver, making Hunter nervous. Yeah. Her car's kind of iconic as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm. hers is bashed up. It's a Dodge. I don't know what specific model, but it's a Dodge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and I should point out that she's a dangerous driver, but she's a, a good driver. She's not a bad driver. Mm. She just likes driving fast. Mm-hmm. They discuss what their next move is, but McCall has a plan. They arrive at a huge mansion. It's Dr. Bowling's house. McCall has already checked that the doctor isn't home and Hunter finds an oil stain on the ground and he tells her he's off to find the vehicle that it came from. Uh, and this is a ruse to enter the property. It's a, like a traffic violation or something. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They find the garage with its door already open and they examine a truck parked in there. Then they climb up onto a balcony and McCall does her lock picking routine, which she did earlier. And I think it's yep. nice that, that she's just as sketchy as what he is. In this respect, isn't she? Yep, yep. But a maid opens the doors, and they hide until she's gone, and then they slip inside. As they search the place, Hunter gets McCall to admit that she's helping him because no matter what she thinks of him, she knows he's a good cop but doesn't make mistakes. And she doesn't agree, but she doesn't disagree either. So I right. think we're all getting now that she's, she's got quite a bit of respect for Hunter yeah. and vice versa. Hunter then finds a black cowboy hat and co- cowboy boots. Oh, they're in your closet, Paul. Yeah, don't look too deeply. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't. What's this? No, no, no. You'll find the Star Trek uniform that's in there, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Never worn. Never worn. They head out and McCall argues that they still don't have enough to nail him. As they get in the car, Hunter explains that now McCall should go back undercover in the bar that they'll nail Bowling when he makes his move. Let's do it, she says. Works for me, he replies. Ray, 
got a catchphrase. This is the first catchphrase. It is, yeah. yeah. Have we remembered what the catchphrase for Sledgehammer is yet? Uh, no, no, not yet. No. We really need to work that out. We do, yeah, we, yeah, we should. It's going to bog us. Yeah. Oh, it's going to bother me. Is it? Yeah. You're going to start getting a rash and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd imagine that eventually the writers are going to get tired of having to insert this catchphrase into every episode. I think they do. Yeah. Later, it's in most of the first season, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't yeah. think that's it. Yeah. But oddly, they don't take it out of the, the credit sequence. Right, that's where it stays, just in the credit yeah. sequence. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone, it works for me, and someone went, oh, fuck you off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's not used anymore. Later, McCall is sat on her balcony, reading in her blonde wig, while someone outside watches. Oh, she goes to check the place and the locks and reveals that Hunter is sat in the closet, gun drawn, as backup. Yeah, it's just been there all night. I guess so. I mean, you think he could just sit in the room until he hears a noise and then get in the closet. And then go and hide, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he just enjoyed being in the closet, Colin. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's where he likes to be. He needs to come out of that closet. Don't we all? She berates him for crushing one of her dresses and scuffing her shoes. And he tells her to get back out there and get attacked like she's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an odd line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. well, he, does it, he, does it he, he does it in a joking kind of way. He does. He does. She wonders if maybe the killer isn't coming, but she shuts the door on Hunter and goes back outside when she hears something. And we flash cut to the killer holding his blade. Mm. She tries the light, but it's out. And the lock on the door is open. Yeah, chains down. The killer is creeping about. And suddenly he grabs her and they struggle. Hunter appears and he fires a shot. He misses and the killer runs for it. Hunter and McCall give chase, exchanging gunfire with the killer. McCall jumps from the balcony. And that's a... It's it's (laughs) an easy jump, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't survive that, but... (laughs) The person who does it does a good job. And they put kind of a weird, like, bionic man sound effect over the jump. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, though. It, it kind of goes, bang, 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 <laughs> She jumps over the side. Well, it's a good job. It is a very good jump. The killer heads out the front door. She shoots, sending the killer crashing back into a fountain as Hunter steps out from the house, only to get pepper sprayed by one of the nosy neighbours we saw earlier. Yeah, funny. It's good. He staggers around for a few seconds, but then seems to just brush it off. And he finds McCall standing over the killer's body. They turn it, expecting it to be bowling. But it's not. It's just uh-huh. some guy. Um, and where, where did we see this guy before? He, he looks familiar. Um, wasn't he in an episode of uh, Play School? What, Derek? Derek Griffiths? Yeah, yeah Derek Griffiths. It's him. It was good as well that when she killed the guy, we didn't get that whole, oh my God, I've killed someone that a lot of female characters did in TV shows back then. Even people, even in Miami Vice, they did it, didn't they? With Gina. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. She's just part of her job and she just gets on with it, yeah. doesn't she? Yep. So later, Kane is at the scene as they take the body away. He angrily confronts Hunter and McCall as McCall tells him that although she can't place the killer, she's sure that she's seen him before. He wants to see them both in the morning. Ordering them to hang the reports into to a, to a, I can never say that word. 
What's his name? To Willinger. That's him. Kane leaves, and McCall says that they must have been wrong about bowling. But Hunter disagrees. Maybe Bowling find out who McCall really was and decided not to do the job himself. It's daytime and Hunter and McCall are parked having lunch. McCall is reading a report on the dead killer and it turns out that he had serious mental issues and while he was incarcerated for previous crimes, Bowling was in charge of his treatment. Oh, there's a connection. And McCall has remembered that she saw the guy entering Bowling's office that day that they left and it's the killer. She and Hunter surmise that Bolin could have used this guy as a decoy to throw them off. Hunter tells her that Bolin is crazy, and McCall points out that he would be required by law to see a therapist of his own as a requirement of his job. Right, okay. And Hunter concludes that they should go see his therapist. And Hunter hands McCall a chili dog with the works, but she's less than impressed. It looks good, though. I'd eat it. Well, I mean, that's not so <laughs> is it really? Let's be honest about that. But I get the feeling that she's, good. she's just going to throw hers away. and It's a waste, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, she's not eating that. Look at her. Give it to me. I, I'd happily munch on it. Yeah. You just appear, appear from the back seat going, I'll have that. Who's, who's this guy? Oh, well, whenever I get food that I can't eat, uh, I have this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Call him Paulie. He sits in the back seat. Paulie? Yeah. Oh, all right. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds very uh, Italian. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. As they drive away, another car follows them. But McCall, who is driving, speeds up and tries to lose the tail. She pulls a fast one and cuts off the car. Pulling her weapon, she orders the two men out. While, while Hunter sits in the car, he doesn't get out. Yeah, he's just nonchalantly sitting there, isn't he? Yeah, I assume he knows. Yeah. I think he has, when he sees them get out in the mirror, I think he's like, oh, yeah. okay. Hunter does get out eventually, and he approaches one of the men, referring to him as Uncle Don, and the other as Jackie. Mm-hmm. They talk about family, with Don trying to convince him to come to a family dinner. They hug, and it's clear that Hunter is very close to, to his family. Yep. And Although, as I said, it's not close enough to actually visit them, because apparently he's not been for a long time. That's families for you, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, and again, though, like we said, it's nicely played, and, and it's not the usual way this stuff would go. Yeah. We cut to Bowling Shrink's office, and Hunter and McCall notice that country music is playing in the waiting room. That's interesting. Hmm. And Hunter wonders what the connection is between country and 30-year-old blue-eyed blonde women, when suddenly a woman steps out and introduces herself as Dr. Kettering, and she's blonde, blue-eyed, and about 30. And I like that they don't say anything. They just look at each other. Yeah, yeah. They let, they let, we, they don't need to say anything, and they let us as an audience just go with that as well, don't they? Yeah. They explain to her the theory about bowling, but she's reluctant to give details of her client away. But she does explain what your average sociopath is. No emotions, very, very smart, high IQ, genius level. Very analytical. I was getting a bit worried about you, Ria Colin. It was, you know, <clears throat> often with good physiques. <laughs> Back in the game. And exceedingly charming and socially adept. I'm safe. That's Did... so rude. I knew it was you... coming, but it's so rude. 
I'm surprised you didn't write it referring to me. Well, no, because it says high IQ. Yes. <laughs> and as soon as I got to that line, I was like, yeah, it's just so absurd. It's not funny anymore. They managed to unnerve Kettering enough that she tells them to pursue their hunches. <laughs> Sorry, I... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the other day. Yes, you had the same energy going through your mind as I did. <laughs> he is really tall, so maybe it's like bending over to get in the car all that's the time. That's true. Maybe that's, that's it. True. Yeah. Hunter thinks that after bowling has a session with Kettering, he goes out and looks for a similar-looking woman to kill. Reluctantly, Kettering agrees that it might be a possibility. Yeah. Later, Hunter is having a session with Bolin. I mean, a, a, a therapy session. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And brings up the murdered women and the killer that Bolin used to treat. Bolin tries to brush it all off, saying that it's Hunter that has problems, not him. But Bolin's cool blows when Hunter mentions his conversation with Dr. Kettering. Bolin threatens to get Kane to suspend him, but Hunter urges him on explaining that it'll give him more free time to stay on bowling and be right there the next time the urge to kill takes him. Yeah. And we see that Hunter's words are riling the Doctor until he finally screams, Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh, jeez, pal. Mm. You've, you've done that before. I'll just give myself a migraine there. That's yeah, <laughs> something blue. Hunter leaves and gets back into the car with McCall. He explains what happened, and McCall says that all they need to do now is wait until Wednesday and make the move. Works for me, replies Hunter. Yay. Have we got any closer to, to um, Slade Channel? Uh, oh, I've forgotten about it. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. I'm still working on it. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll get it. Don't worry. All right, all right. We cut to the killer, putting on his cowboy boots buckling his belt and getting his blade ready. Next, we see Bolin at Kettering's office. She's surprised that it's only Tuesday, but he tells her he was nearby and thought he'd drop in. Yeah, yeah. She's obviously unnerved, but he pushes his way into her office. He brings up Hunter and McCall, questioning her on what they talked about. She tells Bolin she's going to go and get a drink and steps into her inner office, closing the door. Bolin slips on his gloves. Which is funny because we saw him put them on a minute ago. Oh, we did? Yeah, in the montage bit again where he's putting his cowboy boots uh, on. Well, 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 maybe he takes them off and puts them back on. We didn't see him take them off. All right, okay. It's a lot of work though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's also pointless. It is, it is. Yeah. He opens the door and finds Kettering on the phone, her back to him, seemingly telling someone that Bolin is here and she thinks he's dangerous. Bolin moves closer, closer, closer. You like yeah. Too close. Too close. Way too close, yes. <laughs> Until it's COVID. It's, yeah. Back up. Until Kettering turns, revealing it's McCall in a wig and dressed as Kettering, with Kettering's voice coming from a tape recorder on the table. She aims her weapon at Bolin. But as she pans him down, he spins around, popping out his blade and slashes McCall. Hunter steps from a door, levelling his gun and ordering Bolin to freeze. But he runs, and Hunter gives chase, as the real Kettering steps back out to help McCall, who is bleeding. Hunter chases Bolin to the roof, who is laying in wait, and he jumps him. They struggle and fight, and it's quite a good confrontation. It is, yeah, he, yeah, and 
even though Brian Denner, he's he's not the most fit guy, is he? He's he's, he's a big guy. But you get the impression he's that if big he, guy. he's got weight behind. Yeah, him. if he hit you, you get the impression that you'd feel it. Yeah. But finally, as Bolin lunges at Hunter, he ducks. And Bolin does a some sort of weird dive, doesn't he? He he kind of leaps he at does, Hunter. Yeah. And he falls over the edge oh, of the Falls over the edge of the building to his death. Hunter brushes the dirt from his hands and sighs. Works for me. Yeah. That's it. Uh, 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 uh. Yep, still not. Still not got the sledgehammer. Car- we? No, no. We're not going to get it, are we? Nope. Mm. Doesn't. Do oh, well. Can't win them all. That's not it, are they? Imagine that is a. T- oh, that's a. T- <laughs> Imagine that as a catchphrase, <laughs> like the villain gets away every week. Oh, get away well. <laughs> Worst catchphrase ever. I don't know, it'd be quite funny, I think. <laughs> You're like, oh, you've got to save her. You've got to save her, but she's hit by the... Co- oh, get away well. <laughs> so it's later, and McCall is being discharged from the hospital. Slightly put out that she has to be wheeled out in a chair due to hospital regulations. Hmm. And I like that this is this goes somewhere again as well. She's not it's not just a, a throwaway thing that she's in a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair for a reason because of something that's gonna happen in a minute. Yes. Yeah. She tells Hunter that this wasn't for her. He could have gotten shot or something. And he replies that maybe her next partner will be more considerate. And she seems disappointed that their partnership is officially over. But Hunter smiles saying, Unless I do most of the driving. Kane enters to check on McCall and is surprised when she tells him that she's sticking with Hunter as her partner. Surely you're joking, he asks her. I'm not joking, and my name isn't Shirley, she replies. That's the one weak line in this whole episode. And it's a joke from her play. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah. yeah. And as Hunter wheels McCall out to the sounds of Kane still laying down his rules... Hunter spots a suspicious-looking man, just as an orderly runs out, holding his head and shouting to stop him. He's stolen drugs! The man pulls a gun and kneels behind McCall, but she tips the wheelchair back, sending him sprawling to the floor. He reaches for his weapon and turns to find both Hunter and McCall leaning over him, their weapons drawn. And in the most dirty Harry way, Hunter tells him, Well, punk, you gonna go for it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I have to say, though, wouldn't, wouldn't Hunter point out to Kane that not only he, he hired the doctor who turns out to be a serial killer yeah. and obstructed Hunter's investigation mm-hmm. by saying it's not a serial killer, wouldn't he be able to say it's almost like you were uh, complicit in the uh, serial killer's crime? You can see why it would come across that way, yes. Yeah, you think that would be a, a point? Is Kane in the first season after this? He's in a, He's few. In a few. I can't remember how oh, many. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a, a, some idea that he's not in many, is he? No, no, they switch it to another yeah. one. And then I think, I can't remember how many captains yeah. are. There yeah. are a few. Maybe, maybe they realise that he's actually pain in the ass and that's why they get rid of him. Well... In the in this episode, it's pointed out that he's been demoted. Yes, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why he's such a like ass to everybody because he's not 
Nobody likes him because he's been demoted. And he doesn't want to be there either. So, right. Yeah. yeah. But that is the end of the pilot episode of Hunter. Ah, so Paul, what did you think of Hunter? Hunter was always one of those shows that I really enjoyed as a kid, but was hard to watch over in the UK for reasons that we talked about earlier. You'd never find yeah. it a lot of the time. I think it was usually on late Sunday night, and I seem to only remember seeing a handful of episodes, like you said. Yep. But it's a bit more grown up than other shows at the time that we used to watch, like The A-Team and Knight Rider, etc. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what the appeal was to me at the time, that it, it felt a yeah. bit more grown up. I like the relationship between the two main characters, and the actors obviously work well together. You can see the chemistry. Yeah, it's a bit cliched at times. But then in other ways, not so much. Uh, I particularly like the relationship that Hunter has with his mobster family and how uh, Dee Dee's written much better than a lot of contemporary female characters of the time in TV shows. You think of people like Amy and the A-Team. <laughs> yes. You know. And she's even better written than people like Gina in Miami Vice, I think. Yeah, I'd go with that, mm-hmm. yeah. The action's good. It's got a real cinematic feel to it at times, some of it. And it's just a good, solid 80s cop show. And I like it a lot. So it's definitely a hit for me. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So what about you? I am fascinated by the fact that it it's one of those rare shows that changed as it went on, like mm-hmm. dropping so much and bringing different characters in and r- removing his catchphrase yeah. and those kind of things. Whereas many of the other series that we've watched, they pretty much have the mold from the pilot and then just keep using that going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the location shooting. Um, the action is great. I do like Fred Dreyer as this character. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big fan of Stephanie Kramer. Just not her music, obviously, as we've discussed. Oh, don't, don't say that. She might be listening. <laughs> well, by the next episode, you're going to tell me how good her albums are, aren't you? So. Yeah, yeah. We can't comment on her music because we've never listened to it. That's her. true. That is very true. I like the uh, humor between the two characters. And like you said, they work well together. Very convincing. I like the fact that, and this isn't really talking about the pilot, this is talking about future episodes, which we shouldn't really be doing, but I do like the fact that they don't ruin it with the love interest. Yeah, yeah. Story. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's a hit, because it made me want to watch more. And I've re- and I've seen them all recently. Yeah, I, I, as a spoiler, I'm in the middle of season two at the minute. I'm enjoying it as well. Oh, yeah. lightweight. I know, I'll get there in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, for anyone who does want to watch Hunter, um, it is free on, um, is it called Freevee? The IMDb an, TV channel? In the, in the UK. In the UK. At least, yeah, uh, yeah, in the UK. All right. All right. Wow. So that was another hit from us. From us? No, not really. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it. Woo. Yeah, we crushed that. Great, great show, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we both loved Hunter. Who would have known? Us. We knew. That's true. Yeah. So uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, Don't forget, you can message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And so thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
I nearly forgot something. What's that? Trust me, I know what I'm doing.